What's up, everybody? Welcome to Wise Women Podcast, where we're wild with wisdom from all walks of life. I'm Jennifer Brienne, and I serve as your podcast host to bring godly wisdom to your world. It's Wednesday, so you already know what that means. It is time to wise up. Let's talk wise, be wise, so that we can live wise. What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me. I am Jennifer Breanne. I'm your podcast host, bringing you words of wisdom from all walks of life. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this is your first time, I appreciate you. Welcome. What's up? How you doing? I hope you're having an amazing, awesome, beautiful, wonderful, magnificent day. And I'm not just saying that. I really hope you are. Um, And I hope that if you're not having a day to that level, that this podcast brings you to that level because you know that you are loved, supported, appreciated, and absolutely amazing. So just be reminded of those things today. Um, If this is not your first time and you're returning, thank you for returning. I appreciate all of you all for being here. You make this podcast continue to thrive, and I appreciate you for that. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And we are finishing up the month um, this month. As you well, as you may well know, and if you don't, here's the information. The pro- proceeds from this podcast go to support Pins to Prison Ministry. This month for Pins to Prison, we are doing a book donation drive. We are headed home and strong and long toward the goal that we have to get books in prisons. Our goal is to have each of our prisoners receive a book, Letters to Inmate Number 127039, which is also the topic of today's podcast in their native language, in their hand. Um, when, If you know anything about the prison systems, a lot of them are changing to electronic systems that have kiosk and main units. So yes, you can email a prisoner for cheaper than you can use postage. However, those letters, those notes of encouragement, of love, hope, salvation, and prayers that we send don't physically go with them. So they're not an aid for them. So we want to get books in their hands so that they can receive them um and we are so excited we are so happy we are so elated because every month guys we get to see the letters um come in the responses come in from the monthly bible study and from the time that we spend with these prisoners to change their lives. And you might think that I'm just doing an advertisement right now, but actually I'm not. I'm actually right into the meat of the podcast because today we're talking about letters to inmate. We're talking about letters to inmate number 127039, specifically um, the book that was written that birthed the ministry that the proceeds from this podcast goes to support, okay? Letters to inmate number 127039 is a compilation of letters between myself and my aunt. My aunt, her name is Juanita. She is my mom's baby sister. Um, she went to prison. She was the first prisoner I ever wrote a letter to. Um, and I don't want to give the story away, but it is a compilation of our letters. The book unfolds lessons throughout, and it encompasses so many things that a prisoner would need during that time. So this is what I really want to deal with today because a lot of people... Um, ask me questions and some of those questions I want to answer such as um, how do you write prisoners and what they're really saying is how do you write somebody that you know that they committed a crime that you know that they've done wrong and I just simply respond it's the same way that I can talk to you 
I know that you're not perfect. I know that you have sin. The difference between you and them is that you got caught. You may not, they got caught and you may not have done anything illegal. Doesn't mean you haven't done anything wrong. This is an example. Um, some doing something wrong, may be putting your hand, um, on the kitchen stove burner. It still has a consequence. Their actions had a consequence that there's a system in place to, um, try to rectify the behavioral choices that they made. Now, we all know that American prison systems are the poorest at this. Their retention rates and the process and all of the things that happen on the inside are complete trash. And so we don't have to sugarcoat and act like prisoners are in the best situation, okay, to actually make life choices and decisions and rationalize and and rehabilitate their minds and rethink through their decisions and then go through the psychological processes of understanding what made them think that those decisions, those life choices that ended them in this crime or in this place um, is a system that helps them to overcome those things. I think that the American prison systems are a business and I think that they do more damage than they do good. And we also don't even have to go into the understanding of the amount of people that are in American prison systems for petty crimes, um, for things that are misdemeanors, and that are actually innocent, okay? So how would you feel if you got somehow jammed up, put in prison for a crime that you did not commit, and then people are treating you as if you were guilty, Now, we're not going to go through every single case and we're not going to go through every single prisoner that we write and decide if they're innocent, guilty, um, none of that. I'm not doing that and I don't do that with the prisoners that we write. None of the writers in our community does that. But what we do approach this with is that we understand that we could be in that situation. We understand this by the grace of God that our minds and our hearts and our life choices did not end us up in a place. So we show grace and compassion and mercy um, because at the end of the day, they're still people. And that's why the name of the book is called Letters to Inmate Number 127039. Once you become a part of the American prison system, you are no longer a person. You no longer get a name. You are a number. You are a number across your chest, and that's what you're referred to as. So it just continually strips you of all identity, of all sanity, of all humanism that you can identify with as being a better person. So that's why I say, you know, we want to give life, hope, salvation, and prayers. Those were the four things that my aunt needed during her time. She needed to know that God was with her. She needed to know that God had never left her. She needed to know that she had prayer support, that she had people who were sending um, spiritual strength and stamina to withstand the time. Because understand, we don't write prisoners and giving them false hope. We don't write prisoners saying God's going to eliminate your sentence and take back the time. We don't, we don't tell those lies. As a matter of fact, we have a guy right now who is fighting suicide and depression because somebody prophesied to him and told him he would only have to serve 10 years and he's on year 11 or 12. So if you don't know for a fact legally that these things are happening, we don't, we don't give false hope. We build relationships. We take our time and get to know them as a person. We encourage them to talk about who they are as a person. As a matter of fact, we don't actually know a lot about what prisoners have done that put them in the position. I started this ministry because I knew my aunt's story. I knew that she wasn't living the cleanest life. And I knew that um, she knew that 
that that was the life that she was living and that was the consequences of her actions. Now, the prisoners thereafter, I allowed them to share with me if they so decide to, um, you know, to tell me what it is that they did or did not do to put them in the position they're in. And so sometimes, yes, it is hard typing a message of love, of care, of compassion, um, connecting, talking about, you know, songs and what's going on in the world and all of these different things. And then wondering in the back of your mind, am I writing a rapist? Am I writing a child molester? Am I writing a drug addict? Am I writing a murderer? You know, all of these things. But then that's when grace comes in and that's when mercy comes in. And that's when humility comes in. Because at the same time, you have to understand that the same way God looks at your sin, he looks at theirs. It's all sin. So you can say, oh, you're a murderer. You're a rapist. You are a child molester. And God can look at me and say, okay, well, you've lied. You've broken hearts. You disobeyed my word. You didn't move when I, and he looks at it all the same. All, it all has the same stinky stench. And so when you approach writing prisoners from that angle, you get real humble and you say, okay, the, the playing field is evil. It's even, excuse me, not evil, it's even. And so you can eliminate the evil thoughts that you have toward people and being judgmental and putting them down. Because the truth of the matter is a lot of us probably know somebody who's done some sort of time or who's got into some legal trouble. But when it's all said and done, they're still a brother a father, a sister, a mother, an aunt, a cousin. For me, it was an aunt. They're all, they're still a person who has a place in society. And so we don't want to take that from them. We don't want to strip them, um, their humanity. And we as Christians and as believers want to rise in our kingdom, right? And understanding that we are to remember those that are about, that are in bounds as we could also be in bounds with them. Okay. Because again, people are jailed in prison all the time for things that they never did. And you would want somebody to go out of their way to help encourage you and strengthen you during that time. It's truly a ministry that you have to be called to. Um, but again, I'm talking about both because I think it's important that you understand why this book donation drive is so important. It's not just that I'm trying to sell books. It's not that I'm just trying to um, push an agenda that my books need to go to prisons. It's to impact lives. It's for the outcome purpose of solely putting this book in people's hands because I have seen it my, with my own eyes transform lives. I have seen people give their life to Christ. Even more so, it's more important that they get it in their native language because a lot of prison chaplaincies and libraries don't have the, don't cross language barriers, meaning that most of them are in English. But there are people who are from all different type of dialectical backgrounds, who have all types of languages. As a matter of fact, our second language primary is Spanish, but that's because there's four or five different dialects behind the Spanish letter that we can share that with and not have to try to translate it to six or seven different individual languages. We have a guy inside one of our prisons that he is our translator and he helps us to translate it to those prisoners that can't speak our language. So I already know if it takes me orchestrating, connecting with a prisoner to translate to a different language for other, of other prisoners, I already know that that need is not being met and don't you know that God cares about those souls don't you know that God cares about those people don't you know that those are all of God's creation and he wants them to come home as his children don't you know that this is the best time in their life to be impacted by the word of God because they have the time to dedicate and commit to 
understanding the things that are going on in their soulless realm and in activating the power of God from one of the darkest or lowest places of their lives. Don't you also know that statistics say that they are coming back into the community. Most people don't serve a life sentence. Life sentences are less than seven to 10% of all sentences. So the death, the death rate of dying in prison and, you know, staying in life, a lot of people have this out of sight, out of mind mentality when it comes to prisons, thinking that, oh, okay, well, they're over in this prison and they're safe. Well, yes, to a degree, but people still break out. Well, we're not talking about that. But still, they will more than likely come out of prison during your lifetime. So this is important work because if we don't want to see people continue to commit crimes, if you want to save for society, if you want to see that people did their time, they did the crime, they did their time, and you don't want them to go back, then something has to change in the time that they're doing the time. We have to make sure that they have different connections and different resources when they get out of prison. One of the most impactful things that my aunt did was she made sure that she didn't connect with those people that got her in. She made sure that she did not open the door of access to those relationships. But do you know how many prisoners I talk to that are super afraid because they're right near the end of their sentences? They don't have any new connections. They don't have any new resources. They don't have any jobs lined up. They don't have anything other than the life that they left. And so if we don't change something during the time that they're in, they're only going to go back to what they know. And you would too. You would go back to what's familiar to you and what's comfortable to you, even if you didn't want to, because it's all you had. I know that some prisoners right now are looking at trying to, you know, figure out homelessness, navigating homelessness, because they so desperately don't want to go back to the communities and the environments and the families and the connections that got them and jammed up and in the situations that they are in to put them in prison. And so if we can give them the word of God, if we can give them hope, if we can give them hope that not only will they find what they need, but they will find somebody willing to give them opportunity. If we can give them the salvation that they can first come to Christ, that he is always with them, whether they're high, low, in prison, in the penthouse, that God is always with them. And if we can pray and support them and find and connect them to the resources, then we are making a difference. This book is one of the resources. It's one of the things that can go with them while they're in and can come with them as they're coming out. It is their particular possession. Most of them do not have the money. How can you have money and you haven't worked for three years? Heck, I work all the time. And, you know, sometimes I don't feel like I have money. So again, we I, I don't want to make it seem like it's all about the book, but the book is the starting point and we have to get the book to them. We have to get the book to them. It's a great book. It's an awesome read. It's an easy read. And I made it that way because of the audience that it's, that it's made for. Don't you know that some of the main prisoners that have spent their time in prison started, some of the prisoners we write for that matter, have been in prison since they were 16, 17 years old? Don't you know that most of them were already involved in crime and 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 illegal activity six to seven years on average prior before that which then means that you're looking at about a 10 or 11 year old so they don't have above around anywhere between a fifth to seventh grade reading level okay so it has to be easy to read it has to be easy to understand and for translation purposes everything in our language and the english language doesn't always translate easily and clearly 
So again, guys, this is something that is important. It is passion work. It is meaningful work. If you want to become a writer for Prince to Prison, then you absolutely can. Um, and I want to talk more about the outcome of what the book is doing so that you can draw the connection between not just the book, but the ministry behind the book. And I think it's kind of become the ministry, uh, the book behind the ministry, so to speak, because it is what has birthed all of this. Um, but as I was saying, if you want to become a writer for Pins to Prison, um, email me, shoot me a message. I can shoot you the application and I can walk you through the systems and the processes that we have. Um, if you're interested in doing anything else for the ministry, social media coverage, um, promotional advertisement, if you just want to share one of our posts, go over to my uh, Facebook page, my Jennifer Brian author page and get inside that uh, Pins to Prison Facebook group. You can look us up, guys. It's a public group. You can find us. Um, it's awesome. And we would love for you to be a part. I, I am just so um, over the top around the amount of lives that I've been able to see change and the glory that's come to the kingdom. And I want you to be able to take part in that glory. I want you to be able to take part in the outcome of seeing lives change. And let me be truthful. It takes minimal effort. Okay, it does not take a lot to send a letter. If you're saying, oh, well, I don't want to sit down and handwrite a letter that's going to take too long. I agree with you. I write several prisoners and it took me four to five hours to try to pin out all of these letters. But most prisons now have electronic systems and different e-systems where you can email in or text in different information. So if that's you, um, you can get on the keyboard. One of the main prisons we write uses a system called JPay, where it allows you to email a prisoner and all they see is your name on the other side of their system. It's totally safe. You don't have to worry about any IP addresses being surged or anything like that. All they see is the name that you sign up with and it's its own email system, meaning that you're not having emails from prisoners coming to your personal email if you have a gmail or a yahoo account no it comes to that system and when you log into that system there's an inbox and that inbox is where you receive your mail so again if that's something that interests you it's super easy to sign up it's completely free you do have to pay for your stamps however the stamps on um jpay are cheaper than a traditional stamp so I just wanted you guys to know a little bit more about the system that we run here and to know that your dollars are going to exactly what we said. And I want you to know that um, if you are all about community impact, if you are all about um, changing the way the narrative is written, this is a way that you can do your part and it doesn't require you much. So you can give. You can become a part of the community and you can share the community. Those are the three things that I essentially just went over. And I want you to know that we appreciate you. We love doing the work that we do, man. I have a community of writers who are on fire behind these prisoners and they love what they get to see uh, transpire over time. And if you have any other questions, and I want to emphasize that because there are a lot of questions around this, but those were the main ones that I really wanted to hit. Um, 
any other questions, any other questions, again, feel free to message me. Um, I might even do a frequently asked questions around this because it's so important. I appreciate you guys for tuning in. Thank you so much for joining this podcast. Don't forget to donate to the book donation drive and don't forget to support this podcast. All of the links for all of the information that I've described today is in the description box below on your listening platform. Thank you so much, guys. Until next time, peace, love, and hair grease.